Welcome back, everyone, to the DeBear Claw podcast right here on Fans First Sports Network. I am Joey Christopoulos. Follow me at Joey Sports Guy. With all me, we always is my co-host, Vincent Stars. What's up, Vincent? Joey, what's going on, man? How you living? I don't know, man. We're taping this on a Tuesday. Anything special going on today uh, that you could possibly guess? Uh, I've got a few ideas. Uh, we've been we've been football deprived for a long time. I think, I think it's time. I think I can smell it in the air. Training camp, training camp. Today is Let's the first go. day of training camp, ladies and gentlemen. As we're taping this right now, uh, the Chicago Bears are driving probably their luxury vehicles into parking lots, uh, checking in, getting their name tags, uh, getting their physicals, and uh, getting their physicals in, and hopefully getting ready to hit the field as early as tomorrow. Vincent, man been a long road it's been a big off season man um are, are you excited does the first day of training camp what is it does it get you going it definitely gets me going being a former football player in my youth uh the first day of three days is to be the most fun and then after that is very grueling i hope i just hope that all the guys showing up to bourbon a are enjoying it they've only got this for so long in their lives and you know just take it all in. I, and I also hope that none of them are driving those luxury cars as fast as Jordan Addison up there in Minnesota was driving his uh, last last week. Yeah, and shout out to all uh, dog owners out there. Hopefully all of our dogs and pets stay healthy during this time. So you do not have to drive 140 miles an hour in what you considered an emergency situation with Jordan Addison. Uh, no, you're, you're making a great point. I mean, this is a lot of stuff that, you know, it's an interesting time training camp, right, where I think, People with little snapshots and video clips on Twitter go nuts over a throw or an incompletion or an interception. Um, you do try and make incremental progress every single day in training camp. But this is really the time for the stuff off the field, right? When they get into the consistency of their work ethic, of the, the up, like, you know, the um, implementing of the offense, uh, getting everyone on board, building a sense of camaraderie. Everyone's just going to start pulling on the same rope figuring out who we can trust, who we can't trust early on in the season. And uh, it starts today. And speaking of everybody there, um, we had a wonderful little piece of news since the last time we, uh, we recorded the Bear Claw podcast. Um, it was a whirlwind. It was a real drama. Um, it was bigger than Barbenheimer. Vincent, it was Chase Claypool ending up on the pup list and then 18 hours later subsequently being taken off the pup, pup list. Uh, what are you buying? What are you selling? What are you reading into? What are you not reading into with this situation? Yeah, that mushroom cloud was as large as the one over Nagasaki. Uh, yeah, you know what this you know what this tells me is that the, all of this just to keep him in bubble wrap. You know, I, I don't they he got hurt, you know, I'm using air quotes, got hurt first week of the OTAs. I think that was the first thing they were they, they reported it, the soft tissue, the mystery soft tissue injury. Um, and since then, he's been, you know, absent from anything organized with the team. So we so them putting him on pup at the at, at the exact first instance of of camp and then the report he's off the pup. He's ready to go, you know, and, and whatever since that may 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 mean that just tells me that they've they decided, you know what? We were just going to, you know, use use this for kid gloves, use this all for stretching and uh, rehabilitation, use the entire summer for Chase to get to have his body at peak when it came time to put on some pads. 
Yeah, there's a part of me that thinks that when the Chicago Bears did that, that I mean, clearly, so there's a little something going on with Twitter where, you know, when we hear the word pup list, um, we automatically think of the uh, regular season designation of they automatically have to miss four games or in some cases, five or six games. This wasn't the case here. We're on the pup list during training camp. You can be taken off at any time. You can be placed back on it at any time. And you have all leading up all the way up to the regular season to decide what you want to do. Um, so maybe the Chicago Bears thought it was much ado and nothing. Uh, Twitter definitely ran with it. There is something a little bit about, I mean, I think these first 10 days of training camp are actually going to be really important for Chase Claypool now, though. Do you think that's fair to say? Because it still kind of smacks and there's a whiff of the Bears and Chase Claypool aren't exactly on the same page. Um, you do want to see a guy that's healthy. But if you remember, there's been players in the past that have either dealt with an injury earlier in camp or got injured early in camp, fell behind a little bit. And because they fell behind, those first 10 to 12 days in camp are kind of important to sort of just get you to week one. Um, you know, would you be, you know I mean, are you hoping that Chase Claypool is out there? Or are you are you a little more slow and steady wins the race with him in terms of whatever his injury is? Uh, we've already done slow and steady. <laughs> the whole yeah. the entire summer has been slow and steady. It's, it's about time to, you know, kick it into overgrab. You we're turning that corner towards the last uh, the last turn of the of the race. You know, we're going into the season. This is the time you got to, you know, OK, you what have you been saving yourself for? Let's go. Let's kind of ramp it up. Let's let's see. You know, let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. Right. Um, now, from a. As you as you put as you posited, you know, you know, uh, having the I guess the repetitions with with yeah. the offense you know just being on the same page as with everybody else you got to be out there you got to be out there playing football to be good at football he hasn't been doing it this this summer so i would hope that he's ready to go now because so i don't want i don't want any more you know setbacks for him he's he had his what six weeks with us last season and he those were forgettable for lack of a better term <laughs> Um, this summer, he's like I said, he's had these injuries. They've they've kept him outside of all of the organized teams things, all all up until now. So I'm hoping that him to be taken off the pub list means he's ready to go 100%. We can get on the same page with our quarterback, get on the same page with the rest of the wide receiver room, understand that offense, understand all the all the keys and all the uh, uh, all the looks and reads that you need heading into Week One as we go see that team up north and green. Yeah, that's the, that's the big one, right? Are you caught up, right? Are you caught up? Are you understanding what's going on in the offense? Are you ready to play a full, you know, a full set of snaps in a game to help the Bears win a football game? I mean, I think last year, a big part about it, and I, I am on the side of I was understanding of this excuse or reason or whatever you want to call it that Chase Claypool was not able to be productive was because he didn't have – an opportunity to really be in sync in the offense and know exactly where he needs to be every single step of the way, every single play. Um, this offseason was designed to eradicate that and have him go full stop. And then it was just going to come down to making plays in the football field. And then it's just that's a Chase Claypool issue at that point. Um, so missing some time, being injured a little bit, this little pup list scare. Now he's off the pup list. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I do want to see him out there, you know, on the field. I mean, it's going to be shorts for a while, right? So if he's not out there or if he's in a backfield doing 
individual drills and stretches like you were talking about. I mean, I think we do have a little bit of a problem early on. And as we mentioned before on this podcast, you know, we, we talked a lot about how it's great to have DJ Mora now on the team. But Darnell Mooney is still coming off ankle surgery. And one injury here and there, I mean, all of a sudden, this wide receiver core looks awfully similar to the one that we had last year. And I think every Bears fan can agree that that is clearly you know, not enough at this point. Uh, speaking of not enough, it is the first day of training camp. I think we've talked about it on almost every single episode. Or I think this is our 17th episode now on the Bear Claw podcast. And we ask ourselves every single week, are the Bears going to sign a defensive end? So just out of summer tradition, Vincent, on the first day of training camp, are the Bears going to sign a defensive end? Uh, and I think my standard answer to this is they need to. They need to do it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I definitely don't see them doing it, you know, first week of training camp. If, if, if they didn't do it prior to training camp, they're not going to do it until maybe their hands are tied in the middle of training camp. Like after maybe after the first preseason game, like, okay, we see what we have. We've got, we've got a, we, we understand there's a definite need. Let's go get somebody. And at that point, I wouldn't be upset. You know, I'm like, okay, you, you held out long enough and now you've actually pivoting. And going to get get that get some get a get some help in a in a desperate area of, of need. Um, what I will hope is that the, uh, the free agent pool that that's still available is not you know bare by that time that you make a decision. But uh, uh, as long as you don't come as long as you don't go into week one standing pat at that at that position and you know you are very 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 in need of help there and there are guys out there that can give you all types of help more than more than you came into camp with yeah yeah i think you're bringing up a really good point that i haven't really thought of it before so the first part was that you mentioned hopefully none of them get none of them slip away like i i would like to think that i could almost guarantee the general manager ryan poles has been in contact with all these guys, name it, uh, Yannick Ngakwe, Justin Houston, Jadavian Clowney, take your pick. And I'm sure he's been in touch with all of them. And I'm sure the agent, because he's trying to get the best deal for his player, has kind of a bunch of teams sort of on speed dial. So, like, let's just say, I'm just throwing a random name out there. Let's just say the Seahawks call Justin Houston and say, we want to offer you a contract. I think it would be the, the agent would then have an incentive to then call the bears and say, Hey, we have a contract on the table. He's going to sign. What do you want to do? And then we get a time frame and window to decide what we want to do with it. But you're bringing up a point that I think is actually pretty interesting is um, now the training camp has begun, right? Maybe you do wait. Maybe, you, maybe you wait bears fans, because if you're looking at it from a perspective of you want to bring in a guy, like let's just say Justin Houston, who's 34 years old. Um, all you're doing him in training camp is exposing him to injury. Um, all you're also doing is probably taking reps away from somebody else. And maybe if you are the Chicago Bears, you know, maybe you want this next couple of weeks as an evaluation period just to see how short you really are at that position and see maybe how much you are lacking either talent wise or depth wise or production wise from that position. And then maybe you can make a, a decision on that. So my question for you, Vincent, would be. How deep would you let it go? I mean, would you try and get as deep as you possibly can into the preseason? Would you wait at least one preseason game, maybe two preseason preseason games before you strike? I still think they need to do something no matter what. 
But now maybe the way that you're framing it is maybe actually kind of the smart way is that as long as you know you can offer a player a contract, you let your other guys play, see how far they go, and then sort of make your decision on the vet, you know, closer to September than maybe closer to the beginning of August. Yeah, I think that's the best way to as you as you put it, that's the best way to do. Let the let the young guys um show you what they've got because we don't we don't really know what their evaluation is as of as of right now. They they may they everybody at Hallis Hall may have, you know, great feelings for what what we got going. And you know, and if they do, great. Prove me wrong. I have no problem with that. And all the guys out there, Clowney, um Nagakwe, uh Justin Houston, those guys are a little older. So they probably don't even want to be in you know, full full blown camp experience. They don't need it. They know, they know what they got to do now, and hopefully they're keeping themselves in, in shape. So I think the drop dead date would be um, after week two preseason. After that, uh, you have to you have to either you know put up pull the trigger. Yeah, right. exactly. You got you got to do what you got to do at that point because after that, you know. You're set. You're, you're, you've already got your first cuts and probably your second cuts already in mind at that point. So if you've got a spot, you're ready. You're out, you're already ready to go. Yeah. No. I mean, it's a uh, it's a great point, and it's something we're just going to have to continue to monitor um, as we move along. Uh, I want to get back to Bears in a second, just because we're kind of on the topic a little bit. Maybe let's do a quick little around the NFL. Um, I just want to get your take on, you know, Saquon Barkley signed his franchise tag today. Um, good for him. Congratulations. I think he can earn up to $12 million, at least $10 million with the Giants this year. So he will be playing football. And then, um, you know, obviously they got to make a decision on him after next year. Look, every team is just an injury away. Um, so I'm not rooting for it. I'm not thinking about it, but it's something that maybe Bears fans aren't thinking about, but maybe they will have to, if something happens during training camp, you know, what is your take right now on all these running backs that are still available in the open market? And in your opinion, Maybe not who do you think they sign with, but when do you think they sign? I'm talking about Ezekiel Elliott. I'm talking about Dalvin Cook. I'm talking about Kareem Hunt. I'm talking about Leonard Fournette. I mean, these guys aren't even in camp right now, Vincent. So um, how do you see that position kind of playing out throughout training camp? It, it is strange, especially a guy like Dalvin Cook, who I still think is probably a top 10 running back in the NFL. And when we want to get on the fantasy tip with it, I think he's still at least an RB2. Oh, maybe yeah, he's definitely. not maybe not your RB1, but definitely. Um, I mean, he was a first round draft pick last year. <laughs> um, but I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but just the reality of it, this is a dangerous, this is a violent, violent game. Somebody's gonna get hurt. Yeah, it's gonna it's more than likely gonna be somebody's running back. So those guys are just gonna they just gotta stay stay ready because somebody's gonna call again. Around that week two, week three period, like, hey, how quick, how quick can you pick up our our offense? How quick can you learn these uh these blocking blocking calls? Um, that's why I'm, I'm sure they get they'll all be signed before week one. Fournette, Fournette especially because he's a he's a big guy around the around the uh, goal line. David Cook, he's more dynamic. I think he's still got a little bit of juice left. Um, it, you know what 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 may be. Some of some of this might be their price might be just a little too high at this point, as as you as you alluded to with Saquon Barkley and the rest of them, running back prices is <laughs> is uh they're in a recession they got to go down. Um, how low can how low can it go though? Training camp was starting, man. We're a month away 
you know, we're five weeks away from the season starting. I mean, like, how low are we talking here? <laughs> you know what I mean, though? I mean, like, this so, is this is nut crunch time for them. It is. I think Christian McCaffrey is making what sixteen a year right now. I, I, somewhere in that somewhere in that space, yeah. Saquon signed his franchise for eleven. He can make up to twelve, as you said. Yeah, Henry's over ten for sure. I mean, yeah. Henry's at this over point, 10. right now, they're probably lucky if they get like one or two million dollars for the year. Yeah. Well. Naheem Hines, just another an, another news nugget out there. He got hurt uh, yesterday or the day before. Yeah. Um, he got hurt. He's out for the year. Un- unfortunate incident with him. Um, he was making $6 million. So that was a, among the above average. And, you know, Naheem Hines making $6 million. Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, and Leonard Fournette, if, they, if they're asking price, if the reason – that they're still sitting out right now is that their asking price was in the tens. I think that's, I mean, that's your wake up call right there. Like okay, mm-hmm. if Naeem Hines is among the higher paid running backs, that's not a superstar. That's not like, you know, the feature back and he's only making six and you guys are, you know, without a, without a job and you're asking for, you know, double digits in the tens of millions. I don't know. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be really interesting, and and as you said, as the price continues to be driven down, the lower the price, the more that other teams are going to get involved for mm-hmm. these players' services. So you know, when I think of a Leonard Fournette, if his price is a million or two a year, I know they're trying to cut costs, but you know, what I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if a team like the Vikings tried to go after a guy like Fournette to get you some sh- a short yardage guy to kind of mix with Madison a little bit. I'm still kind of looking at the Dallas Cowboys who let Ezekiel Elliott go. Um, you know, is Tony Pollard hundred percent healthy? What exactly do they do at that position? I'm kind of looking there. Um, I think that there's a lot of different places where, you know, a team doesn't need a running back right now, but would probably like to have another one um, if the price is right. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to be really interesting to see. And that's a great call at Buffalo, too, as well, without Naheem Hines. Um, the four guys that we mentioned don't really fit the same player profile as Naheem Hines. Um, so I don't know. You know, people do say Dalvin Cook to the Bills sometimes. Um, I think Kareem Hunt to the Bills honestly wouldn't be the worst uh, idea in the world if they were looking to go that route. But definitely something really interesting. One more around the NFL thing I want to throw at you is um, have you been following – uh, the Detroit Lions uh, bad offseason mojo. <laughs> Have you? Did you see it continue wow. yesterday with C.J. Gardner-Johnson, uh, non-contact injury on the field, um, carted off? Um, your thoughts? Your thoughts? It, for a team that everyone thinks is going to explode this year and dominate the NFC North, um, I, I, don't, I don't think they've had a very good offseason. And, and the mojo has been pretty bad. And uh, we've seen this story before, and sometimes it does not. Uh, it's, it translates onto the field, and it and it isn't good. Ever since draft night, it's been going downhill for Detroit Lions. I thought they had a good first couple of good, you know, rounds of the draft. I think the first through third were pretty good, and ever since that, it's been, you know, bad luck. I got players getting suspended for gambling. Um, as you said, an injury, yeah, that's what their third, like significant injury to their defense, the defense that wasn't good to begin with. Um, yeah. I, as, as a, as a fan of a division rival, 
Keep them coming. <laughs> as, but as somebody who threw some money down on them to hit the over on their win loss, well, it was a nine and a half. Uh, it, not not the greatest news of in the yeah, world. Yeah, look, let's see how it plays out in training camp. It just not has it just hasn't really swung um, their direction in the off season, and and it's a situation where they have to answer a lot of questions that have nothing to do with football. And I just try and remind myself a little bit that, look, I, I do think that they're a talented team. And, man, when they played us last year, they were actually pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave us a hard time. Um, they gave a lot of opponents a hard time in that final month of the season. But this is also a team that started out 1-6 and six last year, had to crawl all their way back to 9-8. and eight. And just because they did that, they thought they were some kind of champion. Um, you know, I, I'm personally – I don't buy Jared Goff over 17 games. Um, so I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see how far that extends itself out. Uh, and then when you don't have a player like Jamison Williams on the field for the first six games, it just puts a little bit more pressure on that passing game. And I think two of their biggest weaknesses a little bit last year was that passing. Um, and it was that defense. And they completely, you know, the thing that was their strength last year was their running game with Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. Guess what? Both those guys aren't on the team anymore. So I know we could say, you know, we upgraded. It's easy to say that, but we don't know. You know, we've seen David Montgomery average less than four yards a clip um, yeah. for a couple of years now, and we don't exactly know what we get from the rookie running back. All the rookie mm-hmm. running back has to do, Jameer Gibbs, is fumble once or twice in training camp, and it's bye-bye, see you in October, uh, you don't play. You know what I mean? So these things are, I mean, I, I think that they have a thinner margin of error um, than a lot of people are giving them credit for, which I think is great news for the Bears in the division. Just being the Lions gives you a thin margin of error. I mean, they don't have they, they they don't have the space. They don't have the history to you know to f up and still be good. They don't they yeah you know, yeah. And you said it. They you know their best all of their their best two players on offense last year, outside of Amon St. Brown, uh, same I'm sorry St. Brown, um, are on different teams now. Jamal Williams and um, DeAndre Swift. Uh, DeAndre Swift, they're both gone. Uh, Amon is back, but Jameer, uh, not Jameer Gibbs, but uh, Jameson Williams, the guy who they waited on all year last year to, you know, get healthy and get, you know, get familiar with the offense. He finally showed something in the last two, three weeks with limited snaps. It was supposed to be a breakout season for him. And, you know, the second season is big for wide receivers. That's supposed to be their, you know, they they have their biggest um, leap. And, yeah. you know, and, and being productive in this league. And now what? Now he's going to take another, what, six weeks just because of, um, you know, a uh, uh, bonehead decision to gamble on premises. So now there's a setback for them. And, that, and that's actually a very crucial setback for that team because they, they was going to be more aerial focused. There was no more of the 50-50 uh, run and pass. They were going to be a more dynamic offense through the air with – Drafting Jameer Gibbs tells you that because he's a three down back. He's not going. He's not going to be you know pound all pound between the tackles type of guy. He can he can go outside. He can catch the ball. Uh, having drafting Jameson Williams the first round last year tells you that. Obviously having St. Brown, who's what maybe the second best wide receiver in the division. They that tells you that. They so now they're extremely handcuffed. I, I you know I, I can't I can't. If you told me they were going to be a, they were going to win the division, I would say okay, more they should. But if you told me they're going to win, the, they was going to make win 
12 games. I said, whoa, I don't know. Winning divisions one thing, but 12 games, I don't know about that so far now. Yeah. I think it's I think it's closer to being uh you say? Yeah, no, and look, when you're talking about when you're talking about Jameson Williams and limited snaps, I'll tell you right now, if we got that from Chase Claypool in limited snaps, what Jameson Williams put up for the Lions last year, uh Chase Claypool would have an extension right now. Um, I mean, when the guy came in. Uh, with the limited chance that he got, I mean, dude made some huge plays for them and uh, really kind of changed the dynamic and uh, inflection of that offense moving forward. So I guess like my final one for you, maybe we'll leave on this, is as we look forward, we're going we're gonna to talk about the Chicago Bears so much during training camp over the next month. But at the end of the day, you know, Vincent, who is it for you still in the NFC North? From a Bears matchup perspective, you know, who do you think it's going to be on our schedule that's going to probably either give us the toughest time or maybe be, you know, the true competitor for someone in the NFC North. I mean, I look around and I think this is a little bit more of a who scares you question. Um, who scares you? And for me personally, it's it still might be the Vikings. It still might be the Vikings. And here's why. If you look at the Vikings just really quick, like if you look at our makeup and then going up and playing the Vikings – you know, I think that that game in Minnesota is probably going to be one of the tougher interdivision games that we're going to play all year. I mean, Green Bay, we just don't really know who they are right now, but nothing about them scares me. I think we can compete with them. We competed with them with Aaron Rodgers last year. Obviously, we didn't win the games, but I think we'll have a great shot of playing with them. The Detroit Lions, um, you know, I don't know. I think Justin Fields plays well against the Detroit Lions. I think those might be some high-scoring games. But the Vikings, though, Kirk Cousins with time to throw – Justin Jefferson, I don't know. That still scares me a little bit. As you're looking forward right now, who would you think is, you know, who's who's got that scare factor for you in the NFC North when it, when it comes to the Bears? I would say I would, I would agree with you, the Vikings, and it's not because anything they have on paper. I would just because it's more of an enigma. You don't really know what to, what, what to expect. They cut Dalvin Cook. Um, Kirk Cousins is a year older and a year more average. So – I mean, I, I really don't. I really don't know. You know what to expect out of them. Green Bay, I absolutely took a step backwards. Absolutely, uh, Detroit. We already know who they are, and we just got done discussing. You know that they might not even be who they appear to be on paper and based on how they finished the season last year. So that that only leaves Minnesota, and it's, it's more so not as scared of what they what they present. It's more so I'm not sure what they are. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, that's what's interesting about this year, though, and in this division. I don't think you can hang your hat on anybody. Mm -hmm. So I think you can make a compelling case I, for almost every single team of why they could win the division or why they could finish last in the division. And I think that's what Ooh. makes it an interesting year. And I think that's what makes it exciting for a Bears fan and Justin Fields is that I, I mean, I can. I can make a case why the Vikings could finish first and last in the division and not sound like a total idiot, right? Or some sort of um, hot take blowhard artist or whatever, right? Like, I could do the same thing with the Packers, do the same thing with the Bears. The Lions might be kind of a tough sell, right, of why they would finish last in the NFC North other than the fact that, oh, I don't know, the, the Detroit Lions and uh, and Jared Goff can go fall off the rails at any moment, and they're already dealing with a, a health of injuries, and they started last year one and six. I don't know. Maybe I'm already doing it. 
So, you know what I mean? I, and I think that's what's so exciting. And I think that's why um, the Bears have a great opportunity. And Justin Fields has a great opportunity to, when we talk about breakout, breakthrough, um, it is sort of sitting there a little bit for him. Just a little bit. Oh, yeah. I, I can definitely make those same arguments for three-fourths of the division, not the Packers. They're, 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 They'll never they're, finish they're, last. <laughs> their, their ceiling is their ceiling is third in the division, maybe maybe second if I'm being completely honest. First, that's out of the question. Well, do you see like I, I mean I would you be shocked if a nine and eight won the division this year? Nine and eight winning a division that would well, yeah nine and eight yeah because of the seventeen games, I that wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, me neither. I mean, as we just discussed with Detroit, I mean, they've, they've come, they've put themselves in a position where, you know, 11, 11 wins isn't, you know, a certainty, anything more than that. So, I mean, 10, 10 wins, 10, if they go 10 and seven to win a division, that sounds, that sounds fair. Yeah, no, I honestly, I think if you get to double digits in that division, I think you have a great shot at winning it. I mean, mm-hmm. it could be a year. I think I do think one of the teams is kind of kind of fall off a little bit, and we are going to see probably a five and 12, six and 11, something like that from someone in the division. But it could be an NFC West year in the NFC North where everyone's kind of seven and 10 to nine and eight, or maybe that 10 and seven sort of gets you there a little mm-hmm. bit. And, um, and hey, man, this is so great. We're already talking about it. We're already talking about what's it going to take to make to the playoffs because training camp has begun. Um, yeah, Vincent, man, I think we're going to hop out of this episode. Anything left? Anything left on the table we didn't talk about yet? So much more to get to the rest of the month, but just for this week. I just want to go out here and just re- remind everybody again, 47 days into tra- 47 days into the Bears start, 1-0, hashtag beat Green Bay. And the biggest thing outside of training camp starting today Happy birthday, Walter Payton. Oh, Would nice. have been 70 years old today. Rest in peace. Greatest bear of all time. Man, sweetness is the greatest bear of all time. <laughs> and he's one of the great Chicagoans, one of the great Chicago athletes of all time, too, as well. I mean, yeah. just in general across all sports. Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore Chicago athletes. Yeah, I, I was too I was too young to uh actually like watch him play live, but obviously we've seen all the clips and the game highlights and stuff, and man could that guy get to the edge. Holy and shit, man. He turned the, the corner, he turned the corner like nobody's business. It was beautiful to watch. You had to pick your poison. We turned that corner. As as a as a DB, you either want that shoulder pad or you want that stiff arm. Which one are you gonna take? You're getting one of them. Yeah. Happy birthday, sweetness, on uh, today's episode of the Bear Claw Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I'm Joey Christopoulos. You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy. Vincent Saunders, my co-host, as always. You can follow him at The Real Payday on Twitter. Uh, if you want, check out, come check us out, man. We got about, as Vincent said, 47 days till week one, which means we got about four or five shows to go before we actually start talking about game results and what the Bears need to do to climb atop the NFC North. So come along for the ride. Tell a friend about it. Come on back next week to the Bear Claw Podcast right here on Fans First Sports Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great day. Vincent, take us home, man. See you all next week. Bear down.